Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 non-stop destination for A's baseball. From baseball's top personalities. The great Chris Russo joins us once again. To the game's top players. Joining us is the all-star. Matt Chapman with us. You never know what stories you're going to hear. If you make your way down here, I, I might be able to make some time and go out there and see the great Chris Townsend. This, this is A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. Welcome to another edition of A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. We're going to have a playoff edition as we're getting you ready for the Athletics and the Chicago White Sox. Stopping by A's Cast Live, the great Frank Thomas, Mark Kotze, Liam Hendricks, and J.B. Wendelkin after game one. Obviously, Frank Thomas, the Hall of Famer, two-time MVP. We'll talk about 2006 His time with the A's, one of his favorite years, if not his favorite year of his career. The Big Hurt, whenever we can get him on, it's an absolute honor. Here is the Hall of Famer. It's the Big Hurt. The Hall of Famer. One of the greatest right-handed hitters of all time. Two-time MVP. His number 35 is retired. For the White Sox. His 2006 year, he still calls 2006 with the A's the the most fun and the best year of his career. How about that? Frank is a great guy. We love having him on. And, uh, you know, he's still a big A's fan. There's no question about it. And here in my conversation with the Big Hurt, we talked about how the White Sox are limping coming into this postseason. They had control of their own destiny, and they really – you know, had a rough week. They really collapsed down the stretch there. They should have easily won the division. Fell apart the last week. But, you know, when you get to the playoffs, um, it's basically back to 0-0 zero, zero and anything can happen. You know, that's the thing, Frank, that, you know, like the A's and the White Sox, both, they kind of, they're coming into this series, both kind of limping into this series because the A's really haven't hit. They've pitched well. So what is that for, for I mean, you always hit, so you didn't have this problem. But what's it like for guys that, you know, this is a strange year, only 60 games, you struggled. What's it like now to be able to hit the reset button and everything's zero? It's kind of interesting because, you know, you had that part of the season where it's like 60 games in, and most guys start to struggle a little bit. Uh, I guess because they play so well the first 60 games, and then you get a little low before the all-star break. So it's interesting for them this year. I think both teams are limping into the playoffs offensively. And uh, they both have very good pitching, you know, very good bullpens. 
So I, this is going to be an interesting series. I think both of these teams are built alike right now. I think uh, offensively the White Sox has a little more firepower, but those guys have really struggled over the last two weeks. So you just never know what's going to happen here this week. You know, this is a tough one for you because I, I obviously your number 35 is retired with the White Sox. You're a baseball Hall of Famer with the White Sox. But, man, people still love you here in Oakland, Frank. You, the, the, the time that you had here was so magical. I had my favorite year of my career in Oakland in 2006. So, um, like I said, I got nothing but love and respect for the Oakland A's organization. And uh, they've always treated me with so much class, and I totally enjoyed my time there. So, this is a tough one for me to, for both of my two favorite teams to be going at in the first round. You know, you, you think about under Billy Bean and David Forrest, how much success the A's have had getting to the postseason. They just haven't had success in the postseason other than the run that you guys had in 2006. And earlier we had your former teammate on, Mark Kotze, and we were talking about that year. That was such a special year. Mark actually thinks this group of players is a lot like you guys in 2006, but there was that special bond that your ball club had, especially in that clubhouse. Yes, we had a special bond in 2006. I loved going to the ballpark every day because it was so interesting and so fun. We just had a lot of knuckleheads who wanted to play the game, and, and it was a great chemistry of a clubhouse. Um, so, yeah, 2006, we fell a little short, but that year I really thought we could go all the way just because we all got along so well, and we all pulled that rope day in and day out. We had great pitching, great hitting, timely defense. It was Everything was just perfect that year, but we just ran into a hot Justin Verlander, and at the time, the reliever Zumaya, there was nothing coming – you know, no one's going to hit him at the back of the day. So uh, just uh, 2006 was a special year. We didn't, uh, I guess, achieve all our goals, but we had a lot of fun with that team. You know, it's going to be odd for some of these series to where, Frank, you're, you're going into a series where you haven't even seen these guys. You know, we've all been out west. Uh, the White Sox have been in the mm-hmm. central. What do you think that's going to be like going into a series where you didn't play these guys at, not once? It's funny. It makes it feel like an old school World Series, you know, in Little yeah. League or college. You know, you go into the West Coast for the first time and you're facing a tough team. And, uh, you know, the White Sox are bringing a tough team. This is going to be an interesting series. I'm telling you, both of them are loaded by their pitching, the bullpen. Uh, I think it's going to be very low scoring. I think it's going to come down to who makes uh, timely errors and uh, maybe a timely uh, uh, walk-off hit or something. That's what I'm looking at. Well, you can inform our audience just how good the White Sox are. They have a they have they have terrific young talent, and Jose Abreu is back to doing what he does. He had a monster year. Well, the first forty games, I haven't seen an offense like this in a very long time. You know, one through nine, they can hurt you really bad. Uh, but I don't know what happened in the last fifteen games. It's just like it all fell apart. And uh, offensively, I think guys, like I said, it could be fatigue. You know, since it was a sprint. You know, no fans in the ballpark. Sometimes you need those fans in the ballpark to get you through those tough times. So that's why this series is going to be very interesting. It's going to be great for the Oakland A's because they get to play two out of three instead of a one-game wild card, um, what they've had lately. So uh, this is going to be a very interesting series. And what surprised me if, if either one of these teams can win it all. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, Frank. I mean, you, you look at all these teams, and it, it's like everybody has a puncher's chance in this thing. Yes. But when you got great pitching and great defense, uh, with enough offense, anything can happen in the playoffs. Yeah, we're really looking forward to this series and, you know, going forward. And, and the key thing, as you just said, it's it's not one game. And, and the A's, 
you know, back-to-back years being in the wild card game, back-to-back years winning 97 games and then just getting bounced, it was hard to swallow. Do you think the A's can take a lot, the experience of the last two years for this first-round series? I think so, and they can relax a little bit knowing it's not all in line for one game. You know, because Billy and David have done a great job forever. You know, I played in that organization, so I know how they've always patched and repaired with players and uh, fixed whatever hole it was, and they're the best at doing that. So, you know, get a chance to really play two out of three is really going to benefit them. And, you know, Bob Melvin's a great manager, great young – I don't call him a young manager anymore. Bob Melvin's just a great manager. So, uh, like I said, it's going to be an interesting series. Um, it's going to come down to who makes the, the biggest mistake, really. So when, when you're getting ready for Fox and you're looking at all these series, what, what's the series other than this that really intrigues you? Oh, the Yankees and, and the Indians. I think that, that one no one expected with two of the top starters of all of baseball going at head-to-head in game one. So uh, it's going to be a very, very interesting series there because one of the two best teams will be going home in the first round. How much fun? It just looks like you guys are having fun. How much fun do you have doing television? I love that uh, television, you know, because I, you know, spent 19 years in the locker room, major league locker room. And, you know, when I'm on TV, I just get back into the locker room mood because I talk baseball every day. I always love to talk ball before game, after game. So being in the studio for me right now, it feels just like I'm still in the locker room. Yeah, because that, that's the cool thing about the playoffs is that all of a sudden it becomes a national deal because, you know, for the most part, you know, it's a regional game during the season. But once we get to the postseason, it's all about you guys and national television. Yes, it's about bringing the fans into our locker room. You know, that's what the fans want to know. They want to get, you know, the little things that, that make these guys click day in and day out. Uh, the little things that guys are going through mentally and how they're feeling physically and everything else. So we're able to provide that uh, with, with great uh, chemistry with our teams of analysts and uh, just a lot of experience in those locker rooms. You know, and I think about one thing I, I know that you love uh, is a little college football. How nice has it been on Saturday to be able to turn on the television and see college football? It's been great. 2020 has been trying for all of us. I think uh, sports, period, is, is helping everyone heal a little bit because, you know, so, so much uncertainty. But when one thing you turn on the channel and see sports, it, it seems to relax families. And it also has been great to have people staying at home. With, uh, with, some, with a lot of entertainment on the TV with all the sports now. Yeah, because, you know, out here, I mean, Frank, we've been on lockdown here in Northern California since March yeah. when we heard that the Pac-12 wasn't going to play, Big Ten wasn't going to play, and then all of a sudden you're watching SEC football. You're like, hey, you guys need to get back on the field, and I think uh, you got to be happy War Eagle got you got that first win against Kentucky. Exactly. It's been depressing. You know, I had not, and I sympathize with you guys because I was out west in Vegas for a while, and you know everything was just shut down. It was just really weird uh, for the first two months there. So, yeah, I mean, getting back to some type of normalcy and then the Pac-12 back started. Um, it's great to see the football out there. And yes, my Auburn Tigers did show up for the first week, and I'm really excited about that. Well, Frank, we always appreciate having you on. We love watching on television. You'll all be, you'll, you'll always be a part of the A's family. So I know this will be a tough series for you, but hopefully the Very Athletics tough, can finally get out of the first round and go on to Los Angeles for the division series. Well, you know, Chris, I got love for both of these teams and uh, let the best team win. That's all I can say because I love both of these organizations. Well, it's always an honor, Big Hurt, and we always appreciate it. Be safe, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Chris. Take care, buddy. 
Also a teammate on that 2006 team, the quality control coach for the Athletics, Mark Kotze. Now, they had to do a lot of work because they thought they were going to play the Astros, and at the last minute, Reds beat the Twins, flipped the script, and now they had to take on the Chicago White Sox. Here is Mark Kotze talking about the first round, the wild card series. Mark, I can't tell you how excited I am about the playoffs and having you on the show today as we got a special preview show going. How is life treating you? Well, it's, it's a little bit hectic, uh, you know, but it's exciting. As you said, it's a great opportunity for uh, the A's and, and, uh, and this ball club to, to show off and showcase what, uh, what they've accomplished this season. And, uh, you know, looking forward to getting a start. You know, as of yesterday when the game ended, I think we all thought that the A's were going to take on the Houston Astros, which is, you know, just saw the Astros beat them four out of five, played them this year. Uh, you know, you know this team. And then all of a sudden, Cincinnati beats Minnesota and it flips the script. And now you're taking on the Chicago White Sox as a coaching staff. How, how that, that changed so fast. What was that like for you guys? Yeah, we, we were watching it in the coaches' room, and, uh, you know, there was some thought that this could happen, and, and so we weren't completely caught off guard. But uh, from a work standpoint, it, it definitely added a lot of hours of prep work for the staff. And, uh, you know, we're, we're still in here grinding, and we'll continue to grind, uh, you know, throughout this day off uh, after the workout as well and, uh, you know, do as much advance and prep that we can to, uh, to get as much information into this ball club and, uh, and, and be prepared. You know, when you filled in for Bob Melvin the other day, I think you said something that it really should have gone national. And I, I, I played it up big, not only in the postgame show, but also in the pregame show, that we've had a lot of uh, knuckleheads here in the media talk about, oh, this season's only 60 games and there should be an asterisk and I'm not even paying attention. And when you put it perfectly. I don't know if we could have played more games because this 60 felt like 200. I mean, this was such a grind for these players and the coaching staffs and the front offices that people don't understand. Not only did it take its toll physically on people, but what it took mentally on people. Bravo on you. I think you hit the nail on the head. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, it, it, it the grind is over, uh, and the new season begins, and that's the excitement, right? We are one of 16 teams in the league that, that get to move forward and play and, and have accomplished something. Uh, you know, that there's, uh, as you said, it, it's it's a, a great accomplishment to get through these 60 games and, and to, uh, to have this opportunity to play in the postseason. Um, it was a grind. It was a grind uh, on all, all, all facets, uh, and not just for the players, but as you said, for the front offices, for the staff members, uh, inside and outside of the clubhouse, and for the families, the families really that don't get any talk or discussion about, um, you know, being away and not having uh, the ability to go see your family throughout the season, uh, obviously was a, a big mental grind as well. You know, I think about hotel life and just how to keep guys fresh, how to keep guys happy, have that 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 good mental mind state because when you're stuck in those four walls in that room and maybe you got your wife or, or your kids with you, have you guys talked about, you know, what are we going to do for these guys for their mental health to keep them sharp and, you know, keep them in a good uh, frame of mind? 
Yeah, you know, I think the uh, the training staff has done a great job in, in, in utilizing outside space. Uh, our strength and conditioning coaches also send out, uh, you know, through the quarantine period when we were stuck in Houston uh, and couldn't leave the hotel and couldn't go outside. They were constant contact with guys about different exercise options, different mind things that you could uh, you could do just to, to either whether it was past time or, or just get in a positive place. And, uh, you know, as you said, um, it really took a lot. It took the whole group this year to, uh, uh, you know, rely on each other and our friendships and, and uh, at the hotels, you know, utilize whatever facets we could to, to just have joy, right? And that's the biggest thing. This game's hard enough. It wears on them mentally. Um, and I think that's another area that wasn't discussed at all. These 60 games, uh, guys that got behind the eight ball, there wasn't 162, so you didn't have that time to to uh, to make up for getting behind, and and then the added pressure and stress and anxiety of putting numbers up uh, in a, in a in a short window uh, really really took took the toll on some really good uh, you know baseball baseball players this year. You know, I think if you had a good season, you go sweet. Let's just keep this thing rolling into the postseason. But if you didn't have a good season, how nice is it? As of today, you hit the reset button, and when you step in the box tomorrow, everything says zero. You don't have to worry about the numbers that you just put up in those 60 games. No, you're exactly right. You've got an opportunity to have a new season and to have an impact in the playoffs and the postseason, and uh, and everything else goes away. And and it's, a, it's awesome. Uh, it's a fresh start. There's a lot of guys that are looking forward to this fresh start, and, and – uh, you know, looking forward to having success through these playoffs and, and hopefully uh, playing for uh, the whole time through October. 13 wins to get the ring, and that's what it, 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 it's all about. And I think about your first-round opponent, and I know people are like, you know, this isn't fair. You won the division. You, you should be in immediately a five-game set, but whatever. It is what it is. got to win a series, two out of three, to get down to Los Angeles. When you look at these White Sox, They've struggled down the stretch also. They've lost seven of eight, but they do have some very good numbers. When you guys are breaking down the data and the video, what do you see? Well, I think you know, we see a good matchup for us. And as you said, they, they were a good ball club throughout the season. They have had their struggles late. Um, you know, we're going to go in and prep and, and try to exploit some weaknesses and, and win the margins. And, uh, and I think we can do that here. Um, you know, as you said, uh, it, it, the matchup isn't uh, the Houston Astros. It's the Chicago White Sox, and that's our focus right now. You know, I love that you how you said the other day, it's the battle for 90 feet. Not a lot of people put it that way. Explain what you mean by that. Well, the value of 90 feet, right? And, and sometimes in the regular season, it, it does get lost. Uh, you know, the game has changed in terms of, of, of what's valued, and, and home runs and walks are valued. So, in that walk category, there is that value to that 90 feet. And uh, it's team baseball in the postseason that wins. And if we can, you know, get an at-bat, that, that grinding at-bat, that you, you take pitches, you, you get deep into count, you work that starter, um, and uh, you get that 90 feet, and, and the teammate behind you, uh, you know, has the same type of approach and same type of at-bat. It's not about hitting a ball 400 feet. It's, it's really about how do we advance? How do we score runs? And and uh, and that's what I really referring to when we talk about ninety feet. The one strength that the A's have plays so well in the postseason, and that's bullpen. Uh, you know, the A's 
They had the best bullpen ERA in all of baseball. So when you look going in, whether it's a three-game set, whether it's the division series where there's no days off, you're playing five straight, or it's the ALCS where you're potentially playing seven straight, just talk about how the strength of the ball club should help you uh, in these playoffs, and that's your bullpen. Yeah, the bullpen is a strength, and uh, they've performed well all year. Uh, I think going into the postseason, they're fr- they're healthy. Um, you know, obviously, um, they're prepared and they have some experience under their belt in the postseason. So I think that also helps. And uh, you know, in this short series, uh, the three game series with a couple days off on the back end, um, I-, I wouldn't expect us not to to uh, to rely on that bullpen. Let's end on this, and we're going to have your old teammate on, Frank Thomas, the Hall of Famer, and we'll talk about 2006. And you've said this team, not not necessarily a, a, from a standpoint of personnel, but just the how close they are and how the core operates, how you see a lot of 2006 in this A's team. Yeah, they might not be as crazy and wild as that 06 team and, and, and uh, personality-wise, but they definitely have fun. And uh, the post-game celebrations after victories, uh, you know, they, they really do uh, care about each other. And I, and I feel that was uh, one, of the, one of the biggest uh, commonalities in, in the 06 and, and this uh, 2018. You know, there's nothing wrong with having a little fun, right? It's a game. Last time I checked. That's right, and every win is, 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 uh, should be celebrated at the big league level for sure. Mark, great stuff as always. We always appreciate your time. We know you guys are grinding. you got practice later on today. Good luck. Well, first of all, congratulations on the AOS title. Good luck in the playoffs, and you know we'll be watching and rooting you guys on. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Friend of the program. And the all-star, Liam Hendricks, stopped by A's Cast Live to preview game one and game two of the wild card series. Well, now joining us here on A's Cast Live, it's the all-star, Liam Hendricks. Liam, congratulations on the American League West title. And uh, I think you got to be pretty jazzed for the White Sox tomorrow at the Coliseum. Yeah, we're excited. I'm, uh, I, think we're just, I think as a group, we're excited about facing someone who we haven't faced yet. Uh, it's going to be a, a whole new set of challenges. I mean, it's not often you face a team in the playoffs that you haven't faced at all throughout the course of the season. So it's, um, it's exciting, and we're going we're, we're to embrace it for sure. You know, it, yesterday was strange because I think we all just said, well, they're going to be taking on the Houston Astros, and obviously you know the Astros really, really well. Uh, you even talked about how you guys would love to bury them. But then all of a sudden the Reds win and beat the Twins and the script gets flipped and now you're taking on the Chicago White Sox. And, yeah, it is strange. You're playing a team that you haven't played this year. What do you know about the Chicago White Sox? Yeah, I mean, I mean, up until the last pitch of the Twins game, up until the last pitch of the White Sox game, we still had three possibilities who we were playing. I mean, if the White Sox had come back against the Cubs, we, would have been, we could have been playing the Indians. If the Twins had come back against the Reds, we would have been playing the Astros. I mean, it was just – it was just a, like a scenario where we didn't know what was happening, which is actually cool. It was actually nice because we don't then have to overthink it too much. Obviously, with a day off today, we can delve into the numbers and all that. But for someone like me, I don't care who we play. Um, it, it doesn't change my approach on the mound. It doesn't change the way I pitch to certain guys. I mean, there's, I've faced the White Sox uh, enough times in my career, but they've got a bunch of new faces this year. They've got a young team. They've got an exciting team. And 
Um, they're going to be around for a long time. Same with the A's. So we better get ready for this matchup because I feel like in the next four to five years, this could be a perennial playoff contending matchup between the A's and the White Sox. So we're excited. I hope we get off, uh, get off um, game one on the right foot and, uh, and then we can uh, not only take one or two of the next two. You know, I think about your bullpen and your guys. You got a loose group, but you got a real talented group. As you led baseball in ERA this year, just how proud are, are, are you know are you of the entire group for the way th- they handled this sixty-game season? Yeah, we came out of the gates hot. We came out of the gates knowing that we'd be pitching a lot in the first month, especially um, just because the way the starters were built up and everything. So we we came into the season knowing that we were going to pitch a lot. Uh, towards the end, it kind of tailed off a little bit from from my point of view, especially. But um, we, uh, yeah, we we performed well. We did. We got out to when we needed to, and then unfortunately, in some of the blowout games, we kind of skewed those numbers a little bit. But the numbers we had, I mean, everyone out there was pitching well. Like you don't see a guy out there who's a liability or a weakness or anything like that. You can throw almost any guy in any situation, have confidence in them making that uh, making that transition, making that roll stick. So that's the biggest thing for us out in the bullpen. It doesn't matter who gets the call. They're going to go out there and they're going to do their job and we don't have to worry about it. There's no stress. There's no like, hey, we're going to send this guy out in a four-run game, but be ready in case you get the guy on or anything like that. It's, no, he's going to go out in a four-run game. He's going to get it done and we're going to be good to go. You know, when, when Mark Kotze said, hey, listen, 60 games, that was enough. That anything more might have been way too much. Just how tough was this season on you guys? Yeah, I mean, it got it got really tough in the middle part with obviously uh, having a bit of a, like a, a kind of all star break in the middle of the season when we were stuck in a hotel in Houston for a couple of days. But yeah, that was that was the straight that was the toughest part right there. Like the actual playing, actually going on the field, actually doing the grind of every day. That wasn't as bad because you're used to that during a normal season. It was the hiatus and then having to recoup games and not have days off and then go from Texas to Seattle back to Colorado in the in the space of three days while playing four games it's just a that was the biggest tough that was the the biggest stretch but i mean you're taking away some of the east coast travel which that grinds on your drains you physically so but i think it was um it was parallel to 162 game season just in the the difficulty of travel and all that but i mean it's just it's it was such a small ramp up to get it going that i'm just amazed the way that we were able to handle it not only in the clubhouse but just with the training staff and making sure guys stayed healthy and we did a really good job. Obviously, we lost a couple of guys, a couple of major parts, but for the most part, we we remained unscathed compared to a lot of other teams. You know, doing the post game show yesterday, I was just like, "Thank God we got through it." Like there were parts where you're like, "I don't know if this is going to happen." I mean, it, it it got sketchy early with the Marlins and the Cardinals, and of course, Daniel Mingdon test positive. I, I was just like, "Wow." The A's got through it. Major League Baseball got through it. Did you have a sense? Uh, uh, did you feel like that yesterday after the game going, wow, I can't believe we actually got through this? Well, my mindset was the fact that we were always going to get through it the entire time. Like, everyone was like, oh, if we don't, if, like, if we get through the first week, we'll be fine. If we get through the first half of the season, we'll be fine. If we get through some of like, it was always, someone always had some new fandangle idea of, like, the timeline of if we got past this date, then we continue on. But, my mindset the entire time was, we're going to get through it. It's, it's like, we have to. There's no other alternative. There's no alternative to not getting through these games. There's no other alternative to not playing a full 60. There's no other alternatives to just like, oh, okay, we're going to play half a season, and they're gonna, then we're going to just – something's going to happen, we're going to bang it, and then go straight to the playoffs. There's never a possibility in my eyes. I think it's just uh, everyone always – there's different mindsets. I mean, I've, 
I'm perennial and optimistic kind of person, but certain people have those pessimistic views, certain people have realistic views, and, and then sometimes they clash a little bit. But in my eyes, I never worried about not playing 60. Um, I'm, a, I'm just annoyed I didn't quite get to 30 games pitched, but other than that, I'm good. <laughs> well, you, you're going to get some Cy Young votes. There, there, there's, there's no question about that. And looking at the last two wild card games, Yankee Stadium and then at home against the Rays. Do you think you guys learn from those experiences, and can you even learn from just playing one game? Oh, you can definitely learn from playing one game. I feel like it's um, our biggest thing is the fact that we're going into this, especially with game one, with the pressure is going to be off a little bit more. Like you don't have to worry about like, hey, if I don't come, for starting pitchers, if I don't come out of the gates like hot, then our entire season may be done. It's not that way. Like you can come out and be like, okay, well. Even if you have a rough first inning, you can go out there and throw another five great ones, and all of a sudden we're going to core our way back. And for position players, it's kind of like don't put so much pressure on yourself in those early at bats. Go out there, play loose, play ready, and then it, like that's generally when good things happen. Is when you put so much pressure on yourself that things kind of start to unravel a little bit. So having played in the last two wildcard games, I feel like it gives us the added bonus of we know how those do or die games work. We know how the adrenaline comes through. We know how to do all that. And now we're going into a situation where. Yes, it would be great to, like, ideally we'd win game one and we'd win game two, so there's no, like, elimination game. But if we go out there and take care of business in game one, we add ourselves a little bit of a breathing room. And if we don't, if we struggle in game one, we know how elimination games work. We've got that kind of rapport against a lot of these other guys. So the White Sox, um, they've got some guys that have been with other teams that have played in games like that. So they've got a lot of inexperience on that side as well. So we're just excited about going out there, pitching against these guys who – who knows how they're going to handle the stage? Some guys may shine. Some guys may. Some guys may just put so much pressure on themselves. But we're a, we're a good loose group in this clubhouse, and uh, hopefully that comes through. Yeah, the one word that best describes you guys is resilient. You guys have been so resilient over the past couple of years. You've had a lot thrown at you, and you've overcome it. And the fact that you're able to stay loose, not everybody can, because that just seems like such a key factor. You know, not being tight and you know, it is two out of three. You got to win two out of three. But I think of your club as a very resilient club. Yeah, I mean, we also really appreciate being the underdogs. I think when you give us there's there's two ways of viewing a thing when they when teams tell you that you want advance or you want you want as good as the other team. There is the thinking like, okay, am I like is are they true? Am I, like, am I am I not good enough? Or like, do we really have to play? out of our skins and they have to struggle a little bit for us to advance or the, the other side of it, which is us, which is you guys don't think we can do this. Watch us. And that's the same mentality I've had the entire time. Like when, after my season last year, people were like, Oh, he can't repeat. It was a, it was a fluke year. Like he just, it was one of those things. I'm like, no, no, no. You don't think I can do it. Watch me. And that's what I was able to do this year. And hopefully we can do that in the playoffs being, being known as the underdogs. I mean, yeah, we're the two seed, but everyone keeps thinking the White Sox are going to get us. And, no, that's not that's not happening. Watch us, watch us advance, watch us watch us shock some people and then keep keep viewing as the underdog. We we enjoy being the underdogs because it means that we can go out there and prove to you guys that we aren't and we that little chip on our shoulder is huge. You know, we've seen life in the bubble in the NHL and the NBA, but now there's an MLB bubble and now you guys are in a hotel and you're with families. What's the bubble like for you guys? Uh, well, I mean, it's not quite the bubble yet because we're at a hotel with people that are allowed to leave and stuff. So it's it's not quite a bubble. It's a transition period towards when we get to the bubble. But yeah, it's um, 
I mean, obviously, we spend most of our seasons at hotels. Like, it's it's not an abnormal thing for the players. It's uh, a little bit weird for some of the wives that are like, um, they're in their either home cities or they're used to being at home in Oakland, and then all of a sudden they're in a bubble. But the biggest difference for us is just, um, like, I get to be with my wife in a hotel room. It just doesn't, it hasn't happened at all this year. So I'm excited for that. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, we've, we've, we've got a, a pretty much automated system going on. We wake up, we go down to the food room, we get some breakfast. And then um, we'll kind of get on a bus and go to the field, and that's and that's how we our day pretty much revolves around baseball right now. But I mean, we're just trying to do whatever we can to make sure that these playoffs get done without any incidents, and that's uh, that's like we have to make some sacrifices, and that's what we're doing. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm excited. I can't wait. You know, you get through these 60 games, you don't have a lot of time to breathe. You're gonna have a workout today. We've got a preview show here on A's Cast Live, and then tomorrow you tee it up, and it, it's time to go. I, I got to think you're chomping at the bit. You guys can't wait for this. Yeah, we're excited to get going. Um, I mean, obviously, what are the game? The game times are at 12 o'clock. That's a little, uh, little brisk for us, but um, uh, a little brisk for us, but it is what it is. I mean, we're going to go out there and do what we need to do. And, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, we're excited for it. We're excited for the challenge of facing a team we haven't faced before. And, uh, yeah, we, we're going to run with it, and hopefully, uh, we'll, hopefully we'll be talking about a new series in a couple of days. Congratulations on winning the division. Good luck tomorrow. Can't wait to see it. Be well, be safe, and enjoy your time in the postseason. All right. Thanks, Danny. Thanks for having me. And then also from the bullpen joining us, J.B. Wendelkin, who in game one went two and two-thirds, didn't give up a run on one hit and three strikeouts. Here is the right-hander, J.B. Wendelkin. As J.B. is going to join us here, Chris Townsend on A's Cast Live. J.B., how are you? Good. How are you I, I'm doing well. A fine performance yesterday. How did you feel in game one of this series? Uh, I felt really well. I mean, it's one of those things. Uh, just roll out of bed and try to treat, treat it like a normal game. Don't think about anything else. Just go with the flow. Yeah, when you talk about a normal game, um, obviously not a normal game. I Just talk about the process that you guys, and I'm sure the same thing had to happen today, how early you guys had to get to the ballpark so you could test. Oh yeah, it's 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 early. It's early starting in the morning. I mean, I think it's the earliest we've had to show up to the field. But I don't think that has affected any of us at any at all because we most of us have families anyway, and we know them babies keep us up. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's <laughs> the truth. It's like yeah, with all the feedings and trying to help your wife, it's like uh, you don't get a lot of sleep when you have young kids. That's right. That's right. So what was this year like for you guys? Uh, obviously, this was not an easy year. It was 60 games, but you prevailed, and congratulations, winning the American League West. I know that was a big deal to all the players. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I appreciate that. Um, and I know the boys do, too. Uh, it, you can sit here and say the, uh, the game the, – well, not the game. The season was weird, but, uh, I mean, for the most part, it's, it's the game we play. It's – the only thing that really changed was the fans not being there and the testing and all that. And other than that, the game was still the same. And, I mean, it being shortened and all that adds a couple woes in there. But at the same time, I felt like we all, we all knew we had a job to do. We came in and did it, and uh, it prevailed for us. And uh, now, we're, like I said, we're facing these next two games. We're going to win them, so we're going to go at them. Yeah, I like the confidence because I think you got the right guy on the mound. Uh, you Absolutely. know, you look at the American League Pitcher of the Month, Chris Bassett. I mean, these numbers are crazy. 3-0 with a 0 0.34 ERA. You've known Chris for a while. What have you seen in his growth to becoming the best pitcher on, on the pitching staff? 
uh, just his absolute absolute tenacity to just go out there and want to win and want to be here every single day. He comes with an absurd amount of energy, and I mean you can't you can't knock the guy down for that because I mean he's got the whole team on his back when he's he, I mean he is raising Kane the entire game, and it's it's fun to watch because you seem like I said when I, like you said I, I've known him when we were in the White Sox days when we were both kind of young then didn't really know anything. We we're all kind of quiet, and as soon as you get into you get into your groove and your the way you are, and then he's comfortable and he's feeling himself, and I mean his results are showing out there on the field, and you know it what? is absolutely fun to watch. You know, one thing that I talk about in the post game show a lot is there. There's two types of starting pitchers. There's a guy. There's guys that go out there to win, and guys that go out there to survive. When I say that to you, do you see that from the bullpen or where you're in the dugout that there's just two types of starters? I mean, you can. I've seen it in a lot of a lot of guys' faces in the past, and I, it's crazy to think that some people are just like, "All right, I got a cruise." When when nine times out of ten they're going right at them, and that's what you really that's what you're really looking for in pitchers and our and our staff and our bullpen. I mean, we're all out there to win. We ain't nobody trying to get out there and just coast. Well, I think about your bullpen, the number one bullpen in Major League Baseball. And I know you guys have a lot of fun out there, but you guys also take a lot of pride in putting up a lot of zeros. What was it like being around these guys this year? Oh, it was absolutely awesome. I mean, like I said, every one of us coming out to win. And, I mean, when it, when, it's, when, you're, when when you treat it like that, I feel like it's kind of hard to have a bad day because you're coming in there with the, the attitude that you need and the energy you need to bring to get on that bump and know that you're going to do your job. and when you're blowing doors like that, like Liam and all the guys like that, I mean, it's it's crazy when you have that much success from just energy. I It is still so hard to believe that Jake Diekman did not give up a run to the Dodgers series. I mean, when you think about that, just how crazy is that? Uh, I'm, I hate to do this, Deke, but I, th- I think he did give up a run. Uh, but, I mean, the thing was, uh, he, his whole year was absolutely immaculate. He should have went a perfect 110% all the way through because that dude is filthy. You can come from 98 from the left side with a banger slider and just embarrass people. And that's, I mean, as a righty, I'm feeding off of that, knowing if, if I'm going, if that guy's following me, I know, I know I got to put him in the right position to win. So if that's, that's how you keep that thing going between all of us. And you become so much more valuable as a left-hander now when you prove you can get right-handed pitchers out. I mean, right-handed hitters out because of the three batter minimum rule. That's right, and I, and he absolutely blew it out the water this year. He is absolutely, like I said, filthy. And the three batter minimum rule, I don't even think it really bothers anybody in our pen. There's there's not one person that's like, oh, I can only face lefties or I can only face righties. Every one of us knows that when we go out there, we got that job to fill, and when we step into that onto that bump and we do our job, and it's, it feels real good. You know, I haven't asked a, a reliever this yet this season. You'll be the first one. I, I got to think that that's not even on your mind, that when you go out there, you're already expecting to face three. Oh, I, I'm expected to go multiples. When I'm out there, I know I, I, I'm trying to think that I'm going for two-plus two innings every time I'm out there. So that's that's the mentality. I'm, I feel like I know that I'm taking, and I know that the guys behind me are taking that. We're not. There's no one and done. It's it's keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pounding. When you guys went over your scouting report of the White Sox, was it was it strange that you're you're doing a series with a team you you didn't even see this year? 
Uh, no, it's not strange at all. When you when you go into those things, it, it's kind of actually beneficial because they haven't seen you all year. So, I mean, technically, you got a little little something in your back pocket. So, going into that, not not paying attention to anything, I'm, we're looking for swings and misses in their weak spots, and that's that's what the main goal is when you go into your scouting reports and all that, and and pitching to your strengths and knowing all that. I mean, I feel like it's a benefit. To be honest with you. Uh, did you guys discuss how well they hit velocity? Uh, not really, not really at all. It's, I mean, obviously it's a known fact, but it's, it's whatever. Um, but if we're going to still pitch to our strength, um, and if it plays into their strength, then you got to critique it a little bit, but then it's mostly loca- location, not necessarily just the heater. Well, I got to tell you today and tomorrow are going to be real exciting. Good luck to you guys. Uh, are you one of these guys when Bob Melvin says, could take the ball every day? Like, even though you went two and two-thirds, could you say, Skip, I'll take the ball today, I'll take the ball tomorrow? Absolutely. Every one of us in that family do the same. Same thing. Absolutely love it. JB, thanks for the time. We always appreciate it. Good luck today, and we'll talk to you later on in the playoffs. I appreciate it. Well, that's going to do it for A's Unfiltered. We'd like to thank the Hall of Famer, Frank Thomas, Mark Kotze, Liam Hendricks, the All-Star, and J.B. Wendelkin. Now back to A's Cast, powered by iHeartRadio. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.